0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. it's time for the sports animals on espn honolulu hope everyone had a wonderful weekend it was a wonderful weekend for well shohei otani who is uh, now a los angeles dodger uh, you know just when i thought uh, for just a couple of seconds there it seemed like john rom was the highest paid athlete in the world and here comes
1: shohei otani to kind of show him up Oh, seven hundred million dollars. I'm not surprised that he goes to the LA Dodgers, but I am surprised at seven hundred million. I thought six hundred might have been the top dollar amount, but without him pitching next year, maybe lower. Seven hundred million. He he's going to make more than the Orioles and the Oakland A's teams combined. Think about that for yeah. a year and seventy million in a year. Incredible. Good gig if you can get it. You know, my thing is that it's it's boring. It's just
0: boring. You know, you go through this process, and probably a lot of people just thought that, well, who has the most money? That's who's going to get him. You know, maybe he was, you know, maybe he's not a kind of the kind of guy that thinks that way, and maybe it was more than just money. Maybe it was some other things. But, you know, by throwing the Toronto Blue Jays in the mix. Obviously, the guy wants to win now based on the teams that he was uh, interviewing for. But this whole secret process, no one's allowed to say if they met him or not. I know it made the baseball writers just crazy. Where This was an opportunity for baseball fans to celebrate this great unicorn, yet everything had to be kept quiet and something was released by It was just, I I don't like the way it was done. Um, Hopefully, I mean, that's hard to live up to. Hopefully he lives up to $700 million. What happens if he comes out and just gets injured again? Well, that's okay for the Dodgers. They can afford it, I guess. Let's move on. Shohei Otani is a
1: Dodger. Dylan Gabriel is a duck. There were rumors that that was going to happen, although I think people had high hopes that maybe he would come to Hawaii. I didn't think that was going to happen, or maybe Ooh, USC. I, yeah. Well, fans hear that, I, that. Well, people were, up. oh, I'm disappointed
0: he didn't come here. Stop it. He's a duck. Stop that. That, that quacks
1: me up. Thoughts like that. That now right now his first game as a duck, is scheduled against Hawaii. We hear that probably or could might not happen, so we won't really focus on that. But for Dylan Gabriel, I mean, he goes into a situation where obviously they're a good team, a very good team. They're moving to the Big Ten. I don't know if it was about money or a chance to showcase himself more to maybe get into the college football playoffs. I don't know if Oregon is a better chance necessarily than Oklahoma. Why would, would you need to would.
0: showcase yourself more to get into the college football playoffs? No,
1: no, no. Comma, That's what you just said. Comma. And oh, then okay. Had, well, in other words, show, showcase themselves to second. the
0: NFL. <laughs> I, I, don't I, know. I don't know. You, uh, there's some p- pretty good. Oklahoma showcased a few of their own Heisman Trophy winners and starting quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Two I can name at the top of my head right now. But I wasn't done. What I, what I meant by right. that, I don't know is that, that you that have when New these York players. Say that I'm going because I want to have a better shot for my future like Matthew Shipley or Braden Shaker or others. <laughs> I don't necessarily believe it, but I think some might be going that route for that. But mostly it's about money in many, many of these cases.
0: Yeah. I'm, Dylan Gabriel doesn't need to showcase himself anymore. And to, to Texas, uh, uh, Oklahoma is one of the best places you can showcase yourself. He's not going to Oregon to showcase himself He's going to Oregon because I think number one, uh, they'll pay him just as much or more as Oklahoma did. Uh be- and number two, they have a better shot at going to a college football playoff than the Oklahoma Sooners. Just my humble opinion. Yeah, I'm not hey, sure. Hey, we've got a couple that. of uh 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 new uh UH football commits, a couple of new guys. Uh, well, guys, we've heard about, but a couple of more verbal commits for the brotherhood.
1: Yeah, and if you follow social media with Timmy Chang or some of the other people at UA, they were taking him to the beach and Waikiki, and it looks like they showed him a great tri- a great time with great weather. But we do get a commit from an offensive lineman. He's a senior from high school in Lakewood, California, Jay Taula Harris. He uh, is 6'3". Let uh, me get the weight here, but I know he is 6'3". At 280, a three-star prospect, and hopefully he'll be helping the offensive with which is something they definitely... Now, he received an offer back in April, uh, but he is committing now here on the weekend visit and uh, will sign on December 20th. So that is one of the big ones. The other one was Pafeli Ashlock's younger brother, who goes by Dino, even though his real name is Jarvis, Himuli. Uh, He is from Texas, and he is even bigger than Poffelli Ashlock, and he gives his commit as well. Again, December 20th, we are getting closer and closer. Next week is the early signing period, and expect a whole bunch more to be committed by then how how much be- how big is he? he's bigger what, what what are his measurables there? uh let me see if uh I... he, he six, six, three, 190. six three six three one ninety six three one ninety that's yep. what
0: Pafeli ashlock is
1: <laughs> they say he's bigger maybe he weighs more
0: uh, yeah maybe maybe yeah but uh it would be the the same height for those two all right uh there you go it was a kind of a coming up in a few minutes johnny white's going to join us from spectrum sports university of hawaii basketball Uh, Beats HPU yesterday at the Stan Sheriff Center. A couple thousand people went to the game. Good for you guys. Uh, Those are hardcore. Those are real fans who are showing up for that game to check this out, which was an exhibition for the Sharks, but a real game for Hawaii. So now Hawaii goes to seven wins and one losses. Seven wins and one losses. (laughs) Good one. Uh, Juan Munoz uh, scores 14 for Hawaii. Noel, uh, excuse me, 15. Noel Coleman, 14. Bernardo Da Silva scores 13. And that's great to see Bernardo score 13 against HBU. And they did have a real tall guy. A guy was like 7'3", or 7'4", or 7'8", or something for HBU. And, that you know, he was kind of, uh, Hawaii made him useless. But what I'd like to see Bernardo do is put up these kinds of numbers against good competition, too. You know, not just the last couple of games. I would have loved to see Bernardo be a little bit more, according to Artie, a little more uh, physical against a team like Utah and some others. But what were your thoughts on the game?
1: Well, first of all, Utah got in foul trouble. He didn't have a chance to get physical. He ended up fouling out of that game. I, I thought it was kind of how it was expected to go. For the most part, though, HPU, when they were down 16-6 at one point and looked like it was going to be one of those games, they went on their own nine zero run and tied the game at 20 and they started hitting threes in that first half. So they did a pretty good job there. They hit four out of eight. And then Hawaii went on their own 12-0 run to get that lead to 32-20. Uh, so it was a game of runs, as you kind of expect. In the second half, it was basically all oh, Hawaii. HPU didn't quit. Give Jesse Nakanishi and his team credit. And I really did like their point guard, Dominique. Uh, Dominique, Dominic, but he goes by Diggy uh winbush he was a pretty good point guard he was legit uh i really liked his game but i love what juan muñoz did again i mean this guy seems like he played yesterday's at least first half like last week's first half those threes were one right off the pass and right off the dribble and going around a curl on one nothing but net i mean he is just playing fantastic basketball when hpu started defending him a lot tighter then he started driving to the basket and, again, his shooting percentage, 6 of 7. I don't even remember the miss, but he hit his first 6. The guy is just playing lights out right now, especially on offense. And he's healthy, and it's really great to see. That's one of the things that really stood out the most to me. And then Noel Coleman, I didn't realize. I don't think any of us did till after the game. He got his 1,000th career point as a Rainbow Warrior. He's been playing much better and shooting the ball much better offensively.
0: I, 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 let's go back to Diggy Winbush from Hawaii Pacific University. That uh, guy's... That guy was a – there was one play he made with about, I don't know, about four seconds left where he kind of – he drove under the basket and twisted his body around and shot it, looked like the opposite hand, reverse layup. It was just – it was like a Euro step in there somewhere too. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. It was a reverse it. It was layup, awesome.
1: basically, but he kind of twisted as he went up with it. It wasn't an easy angle for the reverse layup, and right. that was a beautiful, beautiful move. Yeah, that was great to see near the end of the game. But he was good all throughout the game. I really liked his game, definitely. Yeah. But for Hawaii, now, they've been playing really well, 7-1 record. They've been shooting the ball well. Yesterday, they shot 52.5, and they've been averaging for the first six games or first seven games, 48%. That's incredible. You're going to go 7-1 and one when you shoot 47%, 48%. I think it'll come back down to earth a little bit. We'll focus more on Nevada as we get closer to Sunday. They are one of the few undefeated teams in the country. They're an NCAA tournament team. This is going to be Hawaii's maybe toughest test. They They probably are better than Utah. They're not as tall. You know, they got a big backcourt. So I think they'll come back down to earth, but that'll be a really good test. But I don't think anybody has anything, should have anything negative to say about this team. This team is playing really well. They share the ball a lot. I mentioned on the uh, Rainbow Warrior countdown yesterday, before the game, they had 18 assists last Sunday. Pretty good n- number. Yesterday, they had 19. They share the ball well. And I think what you do when you have those quick passes around the perimeter, you're finding that open guy. How many times would a guy like Justin McCoy, I think on both of his threes, he was wide open because of the quick ball movement around the outside, around the perimeter. And I love that style that they're playing. I mean, they got a little bit of an inside game with Bernardo and what he's doing, but these outside guys are really hitting their threes, 38% yesterday. You got guys that can drive to the basket. In Noel, Juan Munoz, Jovan, and, of course, McCoy. Uh, and you really didn't even have Matthew Cotton yesterday. He got in foul trouble early and was never a factor, didn't play much. But everybody else who played really contributed. I even thought Harry Rulia really did a couple of nice things in limited playing time as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, so keep listening. We will have tickets to give away for the Nevada contest coming up on Sunday So uh, be listening. We'll give those away sometime this hour here on ESPN Honolulu. Tell us a little bit more
1: about Nevada. Uh, Again, that's all I know right now is what I said. They've got got a big backcourt. They're undefeated. They're a tournament team. And I don't really know much more except they're coached by Steve Alford, former Indiana Hoosier and UCLA New Mexico coach.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, uh, So once again, final score last night, University of Hawaii, 78. Hawaii Pacific fifty three. There's not really much to talk about, I guess, when you're talking about a game like this because it's hard to gauge. It's hard. It's good to see that basic that everybody got to play. You know, it's good to see guys like um, Akira Jacobs and Ryan Rap out there for longer minutes than they've had in the past. Guys like Morsek, the more he plays, the better he's going to be. Uh, you know, so it's it. That's I guess one of the. One of the good things about a game like this, otherwise it doesn't really make sense to kind of overanalyze things from stats and things like that. It's just HPU, you know, they're 5-2 and two and because the game didn't count. They're still 5-2, and two. but um, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to kind of talk about when it comes to this basketball
1: game with a, a D1 and a D2 team. Well, I think there's a few things. One, Cody Williams oh, hasn't okay. played uh, again, and he's missed over a couple of weeks now. Hopefully that's right. not long-term for him or, lo- or something that will linger for him. Logan Robeson was a preferred walk-on. I don't even know if I saw him on the bench yesterday. He didn't play, and maybe they're saving him for a redshirt year. But, yeah, you get everybody else in action. Uh, and Ryan Rapp, a player you mentioned, that was – One of the more impressive stints, I don't want to say game, because he played a little under 15 minutes, but he looked good yesterday. And he had a play because one of the things that came into play yesterday was that three Rainbow Warriors got two fouls in the first half, which means almost at any point of the first half, when you pick up two fouls, you're not playing the rest of the half. Matthew Cotton got him after just a few minutes. Now, he came back in later on in the first half, but basically he was taken out of the game. Jovan, uh, he had two fouls in the first half, and it limited his minutes to 19. that and yeah, Juan Munoz was just lighting it up. And then you also had uh, another player, Beattie, had two fouls in the first half. So that's one of the reasons we saw Ryan Rapp, But He looked really comfortable. He looked like he was playing and helping and aggressive, had that really nice mid-range jumper uh, to his first basket of the game. But I really like what he contributed. He got just five points, two rebounds. But it was good to see a player who not only doesn't play much, but maybe you wouldn't expect to help in some of these games, and he had a nice performance yesterday. Yeah, it was HPU, but they still had some size. And I was also curious in following that matchup with Matthew Van Komen. Uh, he's formerly from Saint Mary's. He's a seven-four player. He got a basket in the first three minutes of the game, and if you missed it, well, you didn't see any others because he didn't have any other baskets after that. Like you said, he was kind of taken out of the game, but for Bernardo da Silva and even more sec you're going up against size like that and you could see how he affected shots down low so when Bernardo gets the ball down low he had to maybe you know do some things differently with his moves around the basket because of the angle of the 7-4 and his wingspan so it was good to see him uh, play as well as he did offensively and you know when you think about it these guys not they didn't play major minutes because of the decisive score. None of the starters played over 19, or none, none of the starters played over 20 minutes except for Noel Coleman. And again, part of it, foul trouble, but also you got a lot of depth and you were able to really utilize it yesterday. So that was great to see. And hopefully this will transition into what we'll call the second phase of the season, Diamond Head Week, because Nevada doesn't count. It's not part of the Diamond Head Classic. They are. This is just a single game, but that's going to be a really good game to gauge where this team is at at this point.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. By the way, thank you for uh, somebody texting in. Uh, Nevada is not undefeated. They did lose their last game uh 72 to 53 they lost to drake must be a canadian team wow Wow. (laughs) anyway uh they lost uh they lost by 19 uh a number of days a couple of days ago now they've got weber state coming up and then they're going to uh travel to the university of hawaii so they've got the same record as hawaii does right now uh seven and one um so they'll either come in here at seven and two or Eight and one, but um, as far as in wins and losses go, uh, they are the same. Now um, they beat they've uh, Nevada. These are who they've the teams they beaten: uh, UC Davis, Loyola Marymount, Montana. Didn't we play Montana in basketball no, no, recently? No. Portland, Pacific, and Washington. So they at least have a uh, Pac-12 uh, uh, a Pac-12 win on there. But they started the season by. Uh, beating Washington on the road. But anyway, that's who's coming to town. Guess who's coming up next? Johnny White on uh, from Spectrum Sports. More on his thoughts on uh, University of Hawaii basketball. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. And we hope you have a great Kahala Monday. And we invite you to stop by one of the six Kahala stores and get your own Kahala Aloha shirt you can upgrade with island style they've been around since 1936 you can go to one of the stores or check it out at kahala.com just hear those sleigh bells jingling ring ting tingling too it's lovely weather right together with you outside the snow is falling and friends are All right, check it out. Tickets for the 2023 Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, presented by the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, boy, that's right around the corner. Tickets are on sale right now at your usual places: Stan Sheriff Center, box office, e-ticket Hawaii. Uh, you can also uh, check out the uh, uh, the tournament's website. But we've got some good teams coming to town, including we were talking about Nevada a little while ago. And Nevada played Portland. Who knows? Nevada might play Portland again coming up in the Classic. We were scheduled to have uh, Johnny White on the air, but
1: uh, uh, Kavika Hallams took him hostage or something. I'm not sure what's going (laughs) on. Hopefully he'll pick up soon. Uh, So one of the other teams coming for the tournament next week, TCU, the team I'm hosting, they just lost their first game of the season over the weekend. Uh, They played Clemson. There was a tournament or some games going up in Canada. Uh, I'm not sure what the tournament was called or – Four, three or four games in there. I know Zach Edy at Purdue was there. He got to go home. But TCU lost to Clemson, and that's a, a good team in Clemson there, right? But Jamie Dixon's team, one of the better teams coming in here as well. I know Nevada, as we mentioned also, they are receiving votes. They got votes at least last week in the top 25 poll. We'll see how it comes out when it comes out, I think, later today for this week. But there are some good teams in here. And, you know, Hawaii gets Portland in the first round. I've seen some uh, highlights of them and some scores where they're actually competitive, even though people might not think So about them Uh, TCU as we mentioned they're a tournament team they had a pretty decent run especially in the second half last year and they'll be in town they play Old Dominion in the first game and I think it'll be a good tournament and you know we're getting one of the things I did here is that we're getting the championship game is now being moved to ESPN. ESPN. Usually, the games are on ESPN2, ESPNU, but the championship game will be on ESPN on Christmas Eve, and it is different dates uh, than it usually is. Usually, it's Christmas for the final uh, championship, but they're doing it on Sunday, Christmas Eve this year, and. That's for the final, but it's the 21st, 22nd, 24th. Uh, Nevada will be the first team here, obviously, getting ready for Sunday's game. But everybody will be here next week. And I think it's going to be some great basketball with some really good games. And I am looking forward to TCU, especially, and Nevada as two of the team. Besides Hawaii, I mean, that would be really something if they could repeat as Diamond Head champions. And I know there's a lot of basketball to be played before you can say that. Uh, but hopefully they can do that again. Because last year, as we remember, and we hear uh, the promo with Josh on that Call with uh, jovon mclanahan made that incredible shot last christmas is uh they won their first championship that was the first time they've been in the championship game i wouldn't be surprised if they get back there this year i know the competition will be tough there's some pretty good teams here utah state as well another good team out of the mountain west so well what about yeah i mean this this
0: field i mean you're talking about tcu and and I'm mentioning Portland, but, I mean, you got Temple, UMass, Georgia
1: Tech. Georgia Tech I mean, at least Duke. some pretty good programs in this. All right, let's bring Johnny on. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to talk some UH basketball from Spectrum Sports, of course, former University of Hawaii point guard. Johnny White joins us now. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Your overall takeaway from yesterday's convincing win against HVU.
2: Hey, Gary and Chris, how you guys doing? Good. Doing great. Well, my, my overall takeover is, UH, has, they've, they have done exactly what they had to do um, all season long versus lesser opponents, lesser teams, or however you want to look at it. And, and that's that's the mark of a, of a confident team, a team that believes in themselves, a team that's all bought in. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think up until this point, they, they have shown us who they really are. They, they play well together. They, they have fun out there. There's some much more – up-tempo style of basketball and much more free-flowing style of basketball. So I, I'm enjoying watching this team this year.
1: I'm enjoying watching them. I think one of the players obviously standing out is Juan Munoz, especially after the last two games. Uh, describe what you've seen in Juan Munoz, not only all season, but especially yesterday and last Sunday when he is just seemingly in that zone.
2: Well, Juan, one, one, he's he's a professional. I mean, he's he's a, he, he really... I mean, he has a lot of time on his hands because he probably don't take many classes. But, I mean, he, he, he's a gym rat. And we saw it last year. Even when he was on one leg, he was there. He was the first one in the gym before every game, putting up about 100 to 200 shots on one leg. So we, we knew once he got healthy and, and was able to get on the basketball court that he was going to shine. And, I mean, what what a weapon to have really coming off the bench where – For other teams, you really don't scout the sixth or seventh man that comes off the bench, but he's going to be highlighted on all scouting reports coming into the Big West as we can't leave this guy on the court by itself.
1: Johnny White from Spectrum Sports joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Well, it leads me to this. When we talk about Juan Munoz and what he's shown and what we know he can do, what do you think should be done as far as managing the minutes? Not because of his health, but because you also have Jovan McClanahan before, before foul trouble yesterday would be deserving of more minutes than he got. And of course, Noel Coleman, do you think we'll see a three guard backcourt like we've seen at times?
2: I think we're going to see more and more of that, especially when you get into the Big West conference play, because the Big West is typically real guard-heavy. And I think UH DNA this year—they're—they're—they're they're, they're scoring more points. Their point totals up about ten from last year in non-conference, and for that to stay the same, I, I mean, you do have to run those three guards, and they all can handle it. I mean, they're—they're they're all five-plus years in, in Division One basketball and have a lot of experience on the court there. I Javon McCanahan, you know he he's picked to be an all-leaguer, but I can relate to him as a point guard just because sometimes you don't have to score the basketball to have a huge effect on the game. And I think he's controlled he's controlled his this season. He he's controlled tempo. He dictates how the game goes, whether it's fast or slow. He he he's the leader on the defense. So I think even though his scoring production isn't what we thought it would be in in the high teams or whatnot, but he's doing more that doesn't show up in the stat sheet.
1: Do you think Hawaii should go to a lineup where Juan Munoz starts, or is it better for the team having him coming in with the second unit off the bench?
2: I would say don't fix it if it's not broke. You know, <laughs> uh, sure. I, I, I mean, he, he's having that come off the bench and, and you know you can get a quick 15 or 20 points from one person off the bench, that's a real that that's something special to have. A lot of a lot of universities don't have that one or two dynamic players that can come off the bench and give you that in instant offense right away. So I, I say, if it's not broken, don't fix it.
1: Let me get your thoughts, Johnny, about some of the new players. Starting with, of course, Justin McCoy and what he has shown so far. Of course, you have Matthew Cotton and Tom Beattie part of that rotation as well.
2: I like Justin McCoy. I think he's kind of set right into to, to a, a good role, but. I do believe he's going to be the the one guy who can really win games for you when, when games get tough, where you can call his number, and he's physical enough to to score in the paint, and he's athletic and gifted enough to to take a bigger man out on a, on a perimeter and and do his work out there as well. So I think he's going to be a vital key to UH's success, especially as it gets later in the season and. 'Cause you're gonna need that that toughness and guy who wants the ball when it gets really tough. And Matthew Cotton, we, we have yet to really see him really have a great game at, this, at simplify arena, but he's had a really good game on the road and he just has to stay out of foul trouble. He kinda reminds me of like a Mike Thomas, a super smart player, super smart guy, but always gets himself in in not so smart situations early in the game, which takes his stuff right. out of the game, you know. So he, he, he'll, he'll get comfortable. He had not played in two years, but at, at this point of the season, your legs should be under you. You should understand how the flow of the games, how the refs are calling it. And he has to keep himself on the court because they are a much better defensive team when he's out there.
1: Yeah, the left-handed shooting, of course, as well. As a team is 7-1, getting ready for the Diamond Head at Nevada next Sunday, what do they need to improve on, in your
2: opinion? I feel it's all defensively with this team. I think this team can get anything they want on the offensive end. They, they've shown they can slow the ball down and execute their their offense. They've shown that they can get it off the rim and, and beat you down the floor in transition. They've shown that they can really flat-out shoot the ball. And just defensively, I, I think collectively they're, they've been really good as a team defense, but... This team has a lot of dynamic perimeter players, and I think if they can just push up a little more, force the issue on defense, create some steals, that's going to create some easy opportunities. They're going to be tough to beat if they're averaging seventy-eight to eighty points a game because they usually take the best players or the second best players out of the game for the opponent team for the opposing team. So far,
1: so good for the Rainbow Warriors at 7-1. and one. Johnny, always great having you on the show talking UH basketball. We'll see you out at the Stan Sheriff Center next Sunday for the Nevada game.
2: All right. Thanks, Gary. You guys take care.
1: All right. Thank you right. so much. Johnny White, former point guard and now at Spectrum Sports, joining us on ESPN Honolulu talking Rainbow Warrior basketball.
0: All right. Thank you, Johnny. You can catch the next episode of the student section. It's happening tomorrow with myself and Cole Mausolf. Uh, joining us at Auto Source will be uh, Waipahu footballers Elijah Mendoza, their quarterback, and wide receiver Eric Stevens. Plus, Juan Munoz, a special guest on the show too. It's tomorrow, seven o'clock. Brought to you by Auto Source and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Mm-hmm. few minutes we're going to give away that's the best christmas song out there i know i said it earlier best christmas song right there
1: thank you elton john does taylor swift have a christmas song she's singing the version of last christmas i hear that on the radio often this week but everybody seems to be doing a version of that remind me not to listen
0: to the radio stations you listen to keep listening we're going to be giving away uh rainbow warrior basketball tickets against nevada coming up in uh, just a few minutes here uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh in the NFL you know they're i don't know it's it's almost time to panic for the Kansas City Chiefs 8 and 5 they're getting they're going get, to get left in the dust by the Miami Dolphins provided they win tonight monday night football to Loa, and the uh who's the other top team the Baltimore Ravens who i don't know it's what do you think about that call yesterday, Gary, the, the call on the last play of the game, the offsides call for Kansas City?
1: At first, I thought they got kind of a raw deal at first and kind of a raw deal. After thinking about it and reading up on it and then hearing everybody say whatever they had to say from the NFL, uh, they really don't have a legitimate gripe. Now, yeah. when Patrick Mahomes says that call has never been called, he hasn't seen it, uh, it's been pointed out that it's been called, I think, 11 times this year. Uh, So they have been calling it. Apparently it's been a point of emphasis. And I wanted the head official. Oh, really? It's a point of emphasis? That's what I did see on Yeah, earlier. And also the NFL came out. Their lead official from yesterday's game said, you usually get a warning if you're close to the ball. But when you're that far over the ball, we don't give you a warning. Then it's on the team. And that says it right there. It's on the team. So you can't blame the ref. Even if, no matter how you approach it from KC's point, of view you can't blame that on the ref. It starts with your receiver Tony lining up offside and not even close. How I mean it's unfortunate because it was a great ending, a great play right that could have ended it, but you should blame yourselves, not the officials. I think Mahomes was out of line even though obviously the emotions got the best of him.
0: You know i and, and it's not really on the team. It's on Kadarius Tony. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, be aware of where you are. I mean I know it's the last play of the game and all of that, but gosh, look down the line. Now He's lined up close to the uh, line of, uh, he's lined up, you know, like a slot back but not in the slot. I mean, he's next to the tight end. So it's not like he's a wide out next to the official where you can go, you know, check. I mean, you'd have to check through a few people. So I, you don't usually see that guy checking with the uh, the, the side judge there, right? Yeah, that's You point. don't usually see the guy that's way inside checking with him. But um yeah I saw the play the play was awesome but Patrick Mahomes is starting to lose his mind it's like dude time for you to be a leader I don't know what all the shouting was at Andy Reid or whoever he was shouting out of the sideline but dude they're looking for you at this point uh they're looking for leadership and you're acting like a little kid that's got he's got to he's got to step up man up and change the way that he's uh you know reacting
1: and for Andy Reid to say this is an embarrassment for the NFL, no. I mean, when you, again, when I see those comments initially at the basketball wow. game, I didn't see it at first. I'm thinking, wow, they really got a bad deal. But as it turns out, no, 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 that's not right. Yeah. And what about one of his teammates maybe pointing out, hey, he wasn't even that close. That's the thing. It's not a judgment call where was he or wasn't he. He was clearly way offside. So right. maybe one of he his was. teammates could have helped.
0: Andy Reid, I don't think he believes that. I think what Andy Reid is doing is what you do as a head coach in the NFL Your superstar quarterback feels that way. You have to back him up. You can't say no comment to a guy like Patrick Mahomes. You say, you know what? You're right. You're you're right. Uh, They messed you. That was they messed us up. We're the victims here. I think Andy Reid has to go out and say that. But is it time to worry about the Chiefs? I mean, people are worried about the Eagles. I don't know. The Eagles are ten
1: and three. There's nothing to worry about with the Eagles, are there? Well, I think for both teams, I think there are. First of all, Taylor Swift now in a two-game losing streak with Kansas City. With Kansas City compared to Miami, let's say. Miami, remember, hasn't beaten anybody with a winning record. And I know they're still a really good team. Kansas City has. So I I don't – I mean, I think there's reason to be very concerned if you're a Chiefs fan, player, coach, whatever. They are not the dominating team that they were last year or a few years earlier. They still got Patrick Mahomes, and they're still going to be in it at the the end, I believe, of the AFC. I, I, I don't... For some reason, I don't think Baltimore is the best team, even though they've got, obviously, one of the best records or tied for the best record. Wow. But why, I, though? Why? Well, I, I, they just... As good as Lamar Jackson is, and as good as their defense is, they don't seem to have the dominant. To me, they don't have the, the, the breakthrough players on offense besides Lamar. Who I mean, Odell Beckham's a really good receiver, and he even admitted he ran the wrong route on that 46-yard Odell touchdown. Beckham like, is having
0: a great year the, the last month. He's had a great month. He's on my fantasy team. He's on my bench. I keep losing because
1: I keep forgetting <laughs> to set my – no, Odell Beckham Jr. is back. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he is. I haven't seen it. I looked at his numbers specifically. But overall, I mean, I know they're a very good team. I just don't consider them the best. But one thing you got to give Baltimore credit for, the division no, they're okay, in, but, all four okay, teams but, are over five they They're in a really tough division, too.
2: Who?
1: Balt- I just said Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore, yeah. But you still don't think they're a good team. I didn't, really no, saying... I, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I said they're not the best team. Of course they're a good but team. But they have the best record. I just. But, okay, you're not listening they to They have me. the best record beating teams with winning records. I said they're a very good team. I just don't think they're the best. If I'd have to pick one right now, I'm not really no, discounting. I'm just talking AFC. I know, me too. I'm not discounting Kansas City yet. And I, as much as I love Miami and everything about them, uh, with be being a Tua fan or not, they still got to prove they can beat a good team. And they haven't done that yet. Uh, they're well, not going the the to have the opportunity. Yeah, tonight, right. next week, they got the Jets. So, I mean, they just got to show up. And hey, that hey, be... hey. Jets are on fire. <laughs> Zach Wilson, MVP man, what a game yesterday! I love it. Steven Sai and I are not happy with that Jets win because it hurts their draft picks. Now, when they start screwing up and winning games at the end of a meaningless season, hmm. I, I don't. I mean, the AFC I still think is kind of. I'm not discounting Buffalo totally. I don't think they're the team. Cincinnati's out of the mix without Joe Burrow, even though they've won a couple of games in a row. Who, who is that team in the AFC? I mean, do you think Miami's the best team right now? They've got the, They're the number one seed. Miami's the number no, one seed. No, Miami that has now. A,
0: Miami hasn't proven themselves to me yet. Yeah. Miami is a very good offense, and a defense is improving. Uh, the uh, they have a great head coach. I think one of the most uh, creative head coaches uh, in the league. But you know, I don't know. Let's look at okay. Let's go back, and this might uh, prove your point a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens when you talk about teams with winning records. Now, the Ravens needed to have overtime to beat the Rams. And I believe the Rams have a losing record. Aren't they 6-7, and seven, now, something
1: like that? Now they are, I guess.
0: The uh, L.A. Chargers they beat, and uh, they're not having a great year. No. By the way, Justin Herbert out with a broken uh, thumb. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals, winning record. They lost to Cleveland with a winning record. They beat Seattle, who has a losing record. They beat Arizona, who has a losing record. They lost to the Colts in overtime. They beat Cincinnati and they beat Houston. So actually, they haven't had the toughest schedule either. Uh, Cincinnati, when you think about it.
1: Well, again, I, I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Uh, Baltimore. I think they're really good, and they could. Up, if they go to the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be shocked or surprised so much. I just think, again, I don't think there's one team that's broken away like normally. You got Buffalo and KC the last few years. Cincinnati coming up from behind, and that was basically it. And then separation this year. I mean, I think you still have the top three in Baltimore, KC, and Miami. But there's all three things. Uh, there's things about all three teams that make you think wait a minute are they the best Miami with who they haven't beaten Kansas City because they haven't played well in certain games and they don't have that ability to come from behind late in games like they used to all the time with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and some of the other ones but you still got Travis Kelsey I'm not discounting them Baltimore's got an unbelievable defense and, they got and good... offensive line. Okay, okay, okay. And I know they're, and they're a very good team. Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago I thought might have been one of the final three or four teams in the AFC. They're not but there yet. I think they – well, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't get hurt, they might be. But they're not right now to me.
0: They're playing in a weak division uh, in the AFC South. But whoever it seems like – and you know what? We just don't know about Miami. You know, who knows? We could be talking about the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they – Kind of uh, get on a stretch here the last month, yeah. um, you know. You know, so I mean, it could be them in the Super Bowl, but I just think that whoever makes it from the AFC, there no, there, there no, they're, they're, no, they're going to be no match for either the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? A lot of Congratulations people, yeah. to Cowboy fans who are ridiculed by people all the time. Uh, they, you know, the Cowboys and the way they're playing right now fantastic love it great for the league great for if the dallas cowboys are in the super bowl they really are
1: Let's see him do it in January, though. And a lot of people think Dak Prescott would be the frontrunner for MVP. I think it's got to be I think he Brock is. Purdy as well. And yep. you know, as, well, as good of a game as Prescott had yesterday, people writing that he just clinched it. Well, Brock Purdy had the most passing yards of any quarterback yesterday, well over 300. I, I, going back to your co- uh, question a few minutes ago about Philly, though, I don't think there's anything really wrong with them. They lose to the Jets. That was pretty bad about two months ago. But the last two weeks, look who they've lost to. San Fran and Dallas. Now, they, they've lost decisively. That's got to be a little bit of a concern, and they don't have the court data from last year. We know that. I'm still not sold on Dallas being the best team in the NFC. I think right now it's clearly San Francisco, but Dallas and Philly are going to have a lot to say about that, and they could be to get in the playoffs. Let's
0: give away the tickets to see Rainbow Warrior basketball playing Nevada this Sunday, 5 o'clock, at the Stan Sheriff Center. If you want the tickets to the game, they're yours. All you have to – here's the catch. you got to be caller number four at 808-296-1420. We'll come back with our winner and more here on Manic Monday. I'll tell you what that means coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, want to remind you, too, uh, since we're talking about the NFL, you can catch it in all its glory at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar right there at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. You'll see all the games with the NFL package, all the games. Check out all the TVs, the video wall the extremely broke them out menu I don't know if that makes sense but you get the idea that's 850 craft beer and whiskey bar for the NFL in the Pearl City shopping Center <music> happy manic Monday the, the, the manic Monday oh first of all congratulations Michael. In IAEA, he won the tickets. More for you to win as the day goes on here on ESPN Honolulu. This is tickets to see Rainbow Warrior basketball against Nevada on Sunday. 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 Hey, uh, it's Manic Monday today. That's what they call it. And I did not realize this. It's one of the biggest shopping days of the year. Cyber Sunday gets all the hype. But today, the second Monday in December, that's usually the day that racks up the most online sales it's also and maybe this is why it's one of the last days you can order something and expect it to be delivered in time for christmas so today is the day wow today i heard tomorrow was the deadline but uh this little piece of paper i have says uh, today but either way uh double check
1: I know Cyber Monday's big, but one of the things that kind of coincides with what you're saying is that I got like three or four emails from ticket places, like the New York Knicks or places I bought tickets, and today, for I guess, the same reason, no service fees. I keep getting the same email from different places about buying tickets, no service fees today only. I guess that's part of Matic Monday, I would assume. Yeah.
0: All right. Also, a good uh, song. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. Uh, Laura Beeman's going to join us next hour. Now, the Rainbow Wahine. Uh, have had the day off but we'll get into uh, 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 that coming up in a little while uh, nick herbig and deforest buckner uh great uh, weekend for a couple of uh, nfl hawaiians well i don't think they the, have... uh, now jelani tavai he played thursday and you know the paper always has the uh, you know list of how the, uh, the guys from hawaii ties are doing in the nfl but uh, nick herbig came off because of he came in because of injury i believe he had like eight tackles. DeForest Buckner had eight tackles as well, but remember, this guy's a defensive tackle. I mean, you're racking up eight tackles in a game. You know what? I I I still think now... After all this time, DeForest Buckner is starting to be underpaid because of the
1: contract he signed a few years ago. Could be, which is obviously saying a lot. And one of the things about India, I think a lot of people have kind of left them for dead, but they're right in that. Playoff no way, sector. Gardner Minshew's the man. He could be comeback player of the year. I saw some people write that. I don't know if he would get more votes than anybody else that I can think of. But Indianapolis is right over they're over five hundred. And remember Jonathan Taylor isn't even playing now. And when he did play, it was a non factor. So look what they've done with the backup quarterback. Well, they only played, like, two back. games. <laughs> well, but the point is they're missing their two big – well, one big star, Anthony Richardson had a really good start. He's out for the other rookie quarterback. you got to give them credit. A rookie head coach, and look what they've been doing. That's pretty impressive story right there. They could be a playoff team.
0: You know, one of the stories and one of the big disappointments this year it, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, the, the whole thing – and I, I saw something online, one of the commentators – saying that, you know, hey, this is great. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. That shouldn't be the standard in Pittsburgh to not have a losing season. It should be, you know, how long has Mike Tomlin been there and how many Super Bowls has he won? Not
1: enough, according to the fans. I believe
0: he's got one Super Bowl win.
1: They haven't won a playoff game, I believe, since 2016. I think I heard that the other day as well. That's pretty long, actually. Coming up,
0: we can discuss too on uh, the NFL with the draft coming. It's far away in April, but decisions like the Chicago Bears, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and some others have to look have to look within themselves and say, "Is this the quarterback that's going to bring us to the promised land?" Because some guys got to make some tough decisions. I think the Steelers are one of them. That and more coming up with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. All right, top top stories we're kind of following uh, this week. Uh, As expected, University of Hawaii basketball team uh, beats HPU pretty soundly last night at the Stan Sheriff Center in what was an exhibition game for HPU, but it does count as a win and brings Hawaii to seven and one on the season.
1: Gotta be one of their better records over the last several years. It's hard to be better than that as they get ready for the second phase, which is the diamond head. And like Johnny White told us last hour, basically they've done everything that you'd expect them to do as far as win-loss record wide. The Utah one we knew would be tough. Other than that, they've taken care of business. So far, so good. All right. Uh and I like it and I like it. The the, the, the kind of new Rainbow Warriors
0: this year, as far as the style of play, just more a lot more exciting to watch so keep listening to the radio station this week we're giving away tickets to see hawaii play nevada who is a uh, also who is actually uh, yeah also seven and one uh they've got a game against weber state and then they're headed over to the islands but pretty good nevada basketball team coming to the islands that's really how where we can test ourselves It'll nevada be- it will be a team that is uh would be uh, uh, favored to win so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That way we can see, okay, it's a better measuring stick than HPU, definitely. But, um, all right, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, Dylan Gabriel now an Oregon Duck. I know there's a lot of Oregon fans here in Hawaii, a lot of Oregon alum uh, alums. So congratulations. Hey, in today's age of professional college football, you have to look at this like, uh, we do with an NFL team when we say their window is closing to win the Super Bowl. Oregon's got a lot coming back, and they got a lot coming in. They just need an experienced quarterback, and they went out and got Dylan Gabriel. I hope he got a big deal.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of like what Bo Nix did when he went there, and look what he brought them close to the playoffs. Really good year, Heisman finalist. And Dylan Gabriel did tweet out Marcus approved because he's wearing Marcus Mariota's old number eight with Oregon, so hopefully he'll have the same success Marcus did. Hopefully a Heisman f- f- finalist, at least. Uh,
0: Shohei Otani is now a Dodger. Baseball just became a lot more boring to me. I'm not a Dodger hater, but it's like, okay, where's the biggest star today going to go when he's a free agent? The Dodgers. Is anyone calling Shohei Otani greedy? They call no. John Rom greedy. They called John mm. Romm greedy. That's a good point. They That's called Braden. we crying out loud. They called Braden Shager greedy.
1: Shohei's not greedy. Come on. Good point. And you know the thing is, they've had great rosters before. They've won one World Series in this stretch, which is one more than a lot of teams. But with the Angels, they had a pretty good roster, and it brought them nothing. I don't know exactly why. I think it's going to be money that not well. It won't be spent. Well, it'll be a contract that they will regret at some point, even though it's going to bring them more attention, and they are deferring a lot of the money here, so it's not going to cost them the luxury tax, even though it comes out to $70 million. He won't get that every year right off the top, I, I, and he's 29 now. It's going to be 39 when this is over. There's no. I don't see any way. I know he's kind of like Superman. I don't think there's any way that he's going to be pitching and hitting at 34 years old. If he does, I can't see him being as effective as he is. And he has been really effective. We know that. But if it doesn't bring the Dodgers a World Series, and they've done these deals before, where they bring over a Mookie Betts, a David Price, uh, Justin Turner, other players they brought in who have been great. Freddie Freeman. You know, an mm-hmm. MVP guy. Well, and again, Freddie Freeman worked out. Well, he's worked out, but they haven't won a World Series. If they don't win at all, how could you say it was a good deal for them? Financially, it might be. But as a team, you want to, you're doing this to win a World Series as well. And they are the favorite. We know that. Even when they don't get uh, Clayton Kershaw back, he hasn't made a decision if he's coming back. And he he's not the same. Let's see if they win the World Series. It hasn't worked out always in the past.
0: Yeah, it's a, they don't seem to mind losing the money. I mean, it's
1: like. You I don't know, think they lose point? money right now because, again, they, the way they sell out that stadium, uh, I know they don't have a really good TV deal. I think the games are blacked out in L.A. with a cable deal there. But they're getting 48000 50000 a game. So I think mm. financially they're probably doing okay now. Let's see how, if that will continue. I'm sure they're going to raise ticket prices. That's one thing you can count on. Uh, <laughs> ticket prices just went up on Saturday afternoon. Trust me.
0: You know, the uh, the – Revenue that they're going to gain from sponsorship will go up. It'll go up from this country, and it will go up 50 times. I don't want to say 50. You know what? It could be from Japanese companies that are going to now be – you're going to see signage all over Dodger Stadium, you know, all over the place. As far as sponsorships from Japan, that's going to bring these guys – that's going to be $700 right there. My goodness. How long is the contract ten, for? Ten years. Oh, okay. So it's $70 million a year. Remember when A-Rod was getting like, what was it, 35 or 25? It
1: was like 33 or 34. And people were like, are you kidding? The highest paid baseball players last year, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, I believe was at $43.5 million. For a pitcher, that's crazy. He's getting almost double that. Think about that. Almost double that. And it's one guy. And he's not pitching next year. We know that.
0: Right. But it's one guy. It's one guy. Now, one guy can make a big difference, I think, in basketball. But one of nine guys. I mean, I I know, okay, look at him as when he does start to pitch, he's a really good pitcher, and he's a really good hitter. So you've got uh, – think of him as two thirty-five million a year guys. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, the way to look at it, right? Is
1: actually – if you break it down like that. And, again, as good of a pitcher as he is, he's not winning 20 games. Now, he hasn't been healthy, I don't think, a, maybe only once for a full season, maybe two, twice at the most as a pitcher. And, again, he's really good. We know that as ERA, probably right around three or so, which is really good, especially in the AL now in the NL. But he's not a Cy Young Award winner. Now, he's won the MVP twice – I don't agree with that, but he's going to hit around 300. He's going to give you 45, 50 homers, and in that lineup, it's hard to pitch around anybody now. That's the thing. you got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Otani, and a few others. How, who are you going to pitch around? Because you pitch around one guy, well, then you're giving Otani guys on base when he's up to bat or vice versa with anybody else. It is going to be a very potent lineup. We know that, but if they don't win the World Series, I would think the Dodgers are going to look at this as a mission not accomplished.
0: Hey, uh, Laura Beeman is going to join us. Beeman's going to join us in about uh, twenty-five minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Let's go to the uh, text line. It says, "Hey, Chris, you kept saying it was the last play of the game regarding the Chiefs and Buffalo. Um, the it, last play yeah. is the Bill, Bills kneeling in victory formation."
1: I think we, we we stated it later saying it was at the end. we meant near the end. We didn't say we should' have said it was the last play because I said it too, but it was right at the end and it basically was the last play for Kansas City, but he's technically right. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sorry. And it says, uh, what's the big deal of mentioning Taylor Swift? I don't <laughs> I don't understand the rationale for her to win that recent Times person of the year. Sorry, you didn't win time person of the year. <laughs> And sure it hurts that Barbie, a fictional character, was nominated over you a real person. But there's always next year. <laughs> wow. And it's ended with Merry Christmas. Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> That's why they have bumper stickers that say, and I feel bad they have bumper stickers that says, God help me. And then in little words it says, From your followers. Uh, you know, to, to, to bring that up at the end. And then say that? Gosh, dude. Can't okay, somebody him. says, uh, Shohan San is not greedy. It's called market value. He is a worldwide phenomenon. And it's bringing the New Balance back to uh, balance. Brand. It's bringing the New Balance brand back to relevancy. New Balance. Is that, his, is that his shoe sponsor? I didn't
1: know. Maybe it's it is. no
0: longer for fat middle-aged guys in jorts. Thank you. That's a, uh, that's a good text. No, you know what? He's not greedy. And I said this when we, we were talking about Braden Shager transferring. If it was for money, if Matthew Shipley is transferring for more money, then you, you know what? Then you know what? If you've got a job and you make $50,000 a year, and you can move up to $85,000 a year. If you take that, are you greedy? Are you greedy, or somebody's giving you a better deal?
1: That's not greed, especially in this country. Stop. I don't think it's greed either, but you can look at it this way, especially if there's a salary cap, which there isn't in baseball. If you take up that much money, then your team can't afford to keep some of the other good players on. They've got to get rid of them. And that happens in the NBA. Some guys will restructure their contracts so they can't afford other players, but nobody's going to turn money down. I think the 99.9% of the athletes out there, maybe closer to 100 than even that, are going to take the top do- dollar they can possibly get. And why wouldn't you? You, you can't blame the players. I mean, you're going to let everybody else make the money? If you're that good, yeah, you take it all. Why not? The owners obviously have it or they wouldn't they wouldn't be paying it. Yeah. Uh
0: somebody did correct me and say Drake is from Iowa. Yeah. I was I w- I know there I, you guys I was referring to the rapper Drake, and I, I'm not that dumb. Please, It's <laughs> So Jack Chrisley, I got to join. It's like, don't make it. Don't <laughs> try and be funny. Eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Now I don't understand this. Maybe you do. It says, guess UH fans and students are going slow
1: walk into watching men's basketball. I guess what they mean by that is uh, maybe twofold. Is that one thing is that we're not getting a lot of fans. Yesterday's 2021 was the second highest we got. Last Sunday was over 3,100. Uh, but the students haven't shown up yet. Now, right now, we know they're in, you know, spring uh, Christmas break. So they're not going to have a lot of students there. I, I hope when conference play starts and we get back to the Thursday Saturday games starting in late December that we will have a lot of fans showing up including the students, but so far the students aren't going to uh, haven't been showing up. Now there's something I got to follow up on but Jamie Smith is in town visiting Hawaii, and I think it's, he might have for something For folks planned. who don't know who, ja- remember Jamie, Jamie Smith? Jamie Smith was like, he was an assistant coach. He was actually a director of ops for them, but what he started doing was making those theme nights as well. And he did a really good job. He was hired by Gib Arnold. Stay with Ron, I think, just that one year, the NCAA year. Uh, he had those Star Wars nights and SpongeBob nights and whatever else it was, but they really caught on with a lot of fans. And I'll I'll confirm everything on this, but he might have something planned for a game later on this month for Big West play. So I, I think that would help with the fans as well. But the students, yeah, they haven't shown up yet, but I think that's almost the norm for almost every year. Beginning of the season, uh, you're not going to have as many fans overall. You're not going to have as many students for whatever reason. I mean, but they haven't had any Saturday games yet. I was thinking about that. They've had the Sunday game. The other games at home are on Tuesday and Thursday. So when they start getting these Saturday games, you know, you'll probably get a lot more students on those nights.
0: Yeah, and you're competing with a lot right now this time of year. Now, if I remember correctly, and, uh, you know, if we were playing Kentucky on a Sunday instead of HPU – You'd have 8,000 people there, not 2,000 people. It's, you know, it is what it. That's, that's how it is. If I remember correctly, uh, attendance was low to start the year last year, and then it kind of builds. Once the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic comes, and then you get into league play, football season is long gone. But right now, there's, uh, I mean, look, today's the busiest shopping day of the year on Manic Monday uh, for, you know, for cyber the kind. Uh, the malls were just nuts over the weekend with people Christmas shopping and Christmas parties, uh, family things, kids get. I mean, there's, there's so much that you're competing with. So especially when you come out with a game against HPU, and I have nothing against HPU. My daughter graduated from HPU. Uh, and, and, but, I mean, when you're playing games like that, you expect
1: to get the attendance you get. You're, you're totally right. You're totally right. Now, if that happens in January, that's something different. And you're totally right about last year. It started off where we I don't think we broke 3,000 or 3,500 in November and December. When Big West play started, it started getting a little bit more crowded with the fans. But I don't think we ever even broke five or 6,000, maybe except for senior night. But you're, the, the crowd usually increase when conference play starts. You're right. The opponents are a little bit of rivals here and there, depending if it's Long Beach State or Irvine or some of the others. So I think we'll get a lot more students. I certainly hope we do. And if you watch this team already, you know they're worth attending a game in person because they are, as some people say, fun to watch. The fun to watch, <laughs> you know. And with the um, with the football team, part of the problem the football team
0: has, and I keep I keep running into this, is and I not you know, it's it's. I'm not being negative because I am 100% behind the brotherhood, but. I'm still hearing people saying that the stadium is uncomfortable. Stadium's uncomfortable. It's a lot of the kupunas. But with basketball, it seems like the, the loyal fan base of Rainbow Warrior basketball is not like the loyal fan base of men's volleyball. Men's volleyball, sometimes they're playing these teams, you know, first-year programs or whatever. Now, granted, you're going to get more people for Long Beach State and Irvine. Right or BYU or UCLA, but you still have you'll have a lot more than two thousand fans uh, having men's volleyball play somebody like Simon Fraser. You, you know what I mean? You are going to have a lot more people there. They're more loyal fans, and that's what basketball needs is to get that loyalty up, where you are there to support your
1: team no matter who you are going to play. I agree with you, of course. I think also what it's helped volleyball is those uh, natties, the national championships, makes them a, so much of a winning program that you're always on top. Now, before they started going to the Final Four, which was a long time ago now, but they seemed to go to the Final Four and win it usually every year except for last year. Uh, but they, they, they had good crowd. They were probably like 3,000, maybe 4,000, which was still a lot for men's volleyball. It started increasing right. when Jar- Charlie Wade took over. But when you're winning national titles, yeah, you're going to get seven, 8,000 and on almost any conference night. And, of course, if there's a tournament like the Big West tournament coming up in May, I expect sellouts. All right.
0: Uh, That's the way it goes. But something tells me, though, that if all of a sudden there's a downtick a little bit, you still have a a bigger and a more loyal fan base for both volleyball teams than you do for the basketball teams. Unfortunately, but let's get the basketball fans in there. Especially... If the men's team keeps playing like they're playing, kind of an upbeat, you know, freestyle, you know, letting the letting the guys play. You know, there was complaints about whatever kind of
1: slow offense using the shot clock and shooting with three seconds left of the shot clock. That happened more in the last wow. two years. We're not seeing that this year. The shot clock no, no, hasn't hey. been a factor at all. That's what oh. I think it makes it more exciting.
0: Hey, you can catch the next episode of the student section. It's tomorrow at 7 p.m. You can join myself and Cole Mausolf. Uh, We will be broadcasting from Autosource on the corner of Kapiolani and Keiomoku, uh, a brand-new showroom over there. Our guests for the student section tomorrow, Juan Munoz uh, will be, I believe, in the first segment. Uh, That's followed by Eric Stevens and Elijah Mendoza, Waipahu football players. Uh, So that's tomorrow. You can catch it on the radio live or watch it later in the week on YouTube. It's brought to you by Autosource. And raising Kane's chicken fingers. Hey, we should remind folks you can go to espnhonolulu.com and you can uh, play Pigskin Picks. We give away a hundred-dollar gift certificate every week. Grand prize, one thousand dollars cash. Go ahead and play at ESPNHonolulu.com, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market.
1: Now that is my favorite, not only Christmas song, but favorite version, Stevie Nicks with Silent Night. Okay, I, I want to bring this up, and I know what Chris is going to say in response in about 30, 40 seconds. Uh, first, get off my lawn, stuff like that. But just a little two minutes on the NBA. They had that in-season tournament deal and the championship was Saturday night, and yes, the Los Angeles Lakers beat Indiana. Okay, great. I mean, I watched most of that game, but What got to me, and I I still didn't expect this, is after the game when they go in the locker room, they're drinking champagne like they just won the championship. I'm sorry, LeBron and the rest of the Lakers. Now, $500,000 to every player is going to go a long way to those bench guys. But you win a championship in early December, you shouldn't be celebrating with champagne. It means nothing in the big picture.
0: Well, it means nothing to... Joe fan. I said you were going to say that. The blood, sweat, and tears of practice, goal setting, Uh, you know, it's it's something they put out there in front of the players, and it's something that they competed for. You can see the disappointment in guys like Zion Williamson when they lost to the Lakers, what he had to say afterwards. I keep hearing it's a dumb idea from everybody except people who actually play in the NBA. So maybe it's – Everyone else is just kind of dumb, and they don't get it. Being an athlete and having something to strive for and get, win, you know, having an, accomplishing a goal like that, whether it's an end of the season or mid season or whatever, it's something that drives athletes. Money doesn't drive uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James say right now at this point, rather than something like a goal like this. They've got enough money to last their grandkids' grandkids. So by, you know, and I like what you uh, did mention about the bench players. Half a million dollars does mean a lot of money.
1: Yeah, that's great for them.
0: But I think these guys are athletes, and it's a goal that they're trying to set. They accomplish their goal. That's why they're celebrating with champagne.
1: Okay, you just said whether it's an end-of-season championship or an in season There's a big difference between the two. The, the winning at the end is what gives you – Everything It makes you the world champion. It's everything. The in-season tournament right. is a goal, and it's, everything you said is basically true. But right. I don't think they should have celebrated with champagne. I, this is not something that's going to be should remembered. Beer
0: should they celebrate with, with have, some PBR? A, a go to a Cap nice Blue dinner. Ribbon. Have
1: Shake Shack in Vegas on this trip. Live it up. You yeah. know, I mean, have champagne. You, you didn't win anything that significant.
0: According to Gary, well, I'm
1: only giving my opinion. That's I only I always give my opinion, like you're giving your opinion.
0: Well, I think I'm just giving. I'm. I think. Who are we to say how happy you should be after accomplishing uh, one of your goals? Obviously, now they would be celebrating way more. Did they have goggles on yesterday? Yes okay
1: they had the goggles on Even how many bottles after, of,
0: did they did they put the plastic over the lockers
1: I I can't remember if I saw a plow usually
0: if you, if there's goggles in play you've got the plastic over the Well, no, they have a the what I'm getting definitely. at is they probably would have been celebrating a lot more by winning the end of season championship and look I get it that's part of your legacy you win enough of those that puts you in the hall that puts you in the Hall of Fame but with you've got guys hey this is a Midseason championship, it's a championship. That's my point. It's some kind of tournament that they just won. Now, if you win a tournament, if you're, um, oh, I don't know, if you're Duke and you're playing in a preseason tournament, uh, give me a big preseason tournament. The NIT, Maui Invitational. You're playing in the Maui Invitational, and you're celebrating a great win. Well, it's not even the regular season. If they had champagne, they would be celebrating with it if they were allowed to. You can't tell somebody how much they should or
1: shouldn't celebrate victories. Sure, You're Ken. a fan. You sit down and be quiet. No, I won't be quiet. That's why I'm on the radio to actually talk. But if Duke, whoever win the Maui Invitational is not celebrating like they just won an NCAA tournament game. It's a big deal. It's not as big a deal as the playoffs. And this in-season tournament, is it's, not, it's nothing. I mean, it's just like playing a regular schedule for two weeks, except the games matter for a two-week period so you can be the last team standing out of that elimination round.
0: Look, next time you go up to some NBA player <laughs> looking to take a photo with them,
1: and you, so. and you tell
0: that to them, and you tell them, hey, you know what, here's how you guys should feel. Because I have a radio show and I talk. Yeah. Here's how oh, well. you should feel. You shouldn't celebrate uh, winning an in-season tournament. Not
1: with champagne. You can celebrate, wear the T-shirt, have the hat, go out to dinner, yay, 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 have the confetti fall in Vegas. Champagne? Come on! I, I couldn't. I was very surprised at that, and I- I'm probably in the minority, I know that. But I think it was ridiculous. Well, we got Monday
0: Night Football <laughs> happening tonight. Tua uh, Tonga-Vailoa. And the Miami Dolphins uh taking on the four and eight Giants. I haven't seen the Giants, and I don't know the whole deal behind this quarterback. What why does everyone love this Giants quarterback so
1: much? Tommy DeVito, I remember there's two games tonight, which is kind of weird, but he was oh, an yeah, undrafted, right. undrafted player out of New Jersey. I'm he grew up I'm sorry, but- let me let me correct myself real
0: quick. It's the uh the the Miami Dolphins and Tennessee. And it's the Giants against the Packers. Sorry about that. So the Packers and Giants is on, um, on uh, ABC, and then ESPN will have Tennessee and Tua.
1: And that's just kind of weird in itself, especially at the same time. Uh, Tommy DeVito is a kind of a cool story. When he started, he was awful. You know Tyrod Taylor was out, Daniel Jones is out, so he became the starter, and he again looked pretty bad his first few games. Then he's won a few games, and there's comparisons with his numbers, like with Mahomes over his first five starts, and actually very, very comparable. It might even be Aaron Rodgers is actually really comparable. It's a feel-good story. He still lives with his parents. His mom makes his bed, cleans his room, cooks him dinner. His father is a, a, a repairs boilers in New Jersey. And it's kind of taken off a life of its own. Now his jersey, I think, is the highest-selling New York Giants jersey because everybody has all the other stars, if there are any. But, yeah, he's won a few games in a row. And now he's a guy that he's still going to start for now. But the second he loses, you know, Tyrod Taylor, who has been cleared, will probably come back and be the starter.
0: You know, he reminds me of he probably sold so many jerseys because, of you know, he comes out and reminds you of somebody like if Tony Danza was a football player, right? Everyone in New York's went, oh, that guy sounds and talks. He talks like me. He looks like all of us. It's as, it's like Tua Tonga-Vailoa jerseys and how many people are instantly Miami Dolphin fans because he's one of us, and that's why this guy's a big star. Now, I hope the thing that happens to doesn't happen to him that we just saw happen to Oh gosh, what was the uh what was the Vikings quarterback? Joshua Dobbs? Right, Joshua Dobbs. Obviously, teams watched film and picked up on him. Hopefully, they don't pick up on on uh on this guy. Because it's a great story. This is one of those uh, Jeremy Lynn stories. I yeah, love it. Yeah, right. It, it's 8:32 with the Sports Animals. Laura Beeman joins us next here, and want to remind you the H-Camp uh the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program is reminding parents coaches, and athletes of all ages to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit HawaiiConcussion.com.
1: We have been talking a lot of basketball this morning. We're going to continue right now. The Rainbow Wahine basketball team in a little bit of a, a lapse in the schedule as far as not playing games. 18 days between games, but the last time we saw them, very impressive against San Jose State. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, their head coach, Laura Beam. And coach, thank you for joining us. And last Sunday, I imagine you were pretty pleased with everything that took place at the Stan Sheriff Center.
3: Yeah, good morning and thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, you know, I thought Sunday was just a little tip of the iceberg of just kind of what this team is capable of doing. I thought the energy that the girls had was fantastic. Um, I think that's the best full game that we've played all season. Um, You know, definitely resonated on the scoreboard. And one of the things
1: that stands out, besides the margin of victory, 26 points over San Jose State, but 26 turnovers, I mean, you don't see that too often. That just shows how strong your defense was, of course, last week.
3: I thought our defense was phenomenal. You know, it's, it's been well ahead of our offense, I think, all year. And I think Sunday we really showcased Being able to make adjustments, being able to pick up full court, you know, sitting back and and playing in the half court as well, really understanding the scout. Um, You know, I think when you can hold a team to four points in a quarter, um, that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, very, very pleased with the defensive intensity.
1: Obviously, a lot goes into any game and the game planning and everything. But how, how do you think when you look at that game going in and you had the three games the previous weekend that basically everything went according to plan? I mean, again, it's the perfect scenario, I know. But how were you and your team able to accomplish that?
3: You know, I think we just had to have some conversations after the the previous, you know, four or five games. We nobody liked the way we played. Nobody liked the the level of frustration, the the lack of energy. I think that started with the coaching staff. That's on me. And so we sat down and we talked about it. That you know, what do we need to do to put you all in the best position to feel great about yourself and to go win some ball games? And you know, we have a relationship with our players that they can be very, very honest with us. And I think that that. You know, really showed on Sunday that, you know, we had to make some adjustments on how we were coaching um, and how they were receiving. And again, it's our job to put them in the best position, and not the other way around. Laura
1: Beeman joining us on ESPN Honolulu talking Rainbow Wahine basketball. And you have 18 days off, as I mentioned before. You have UCLA, and I believe they're number two in the country right now. I I would think that that's probably something you don't prefer. Is that too long of a layoff, especially after a big win? I know finals comes into play every year around this time, but is that too long?
3: You know, it's not my favorite thing. You're absolutely right. I I think it is a long time. The the good thing is we have seen a ton of growth in practice with, just the team being able to overcome different types of situations that we're putting them in, um, in practice scenarios. And so we've seen some great growth. We've also had the ability and the time to do some great team building and bonding. I think that's something that's going to, you know, really help us, uh, whether it's for UCLA or not, that's, that's a different monster, but going into conference, which is kind of our season number two, if you will, I think that the time we're spending with each other right now is going to be um, crucial, and I think it's going to be a game-changer for this group. So definitely not my, my preference, but it is what it is, um, and we're going to work through it and make it the best situation we possibly can.
1: One of the things I love about your team, and I guess this is pretty much typical almost every year, if not every year, is the balance that you have. And I look at your top five scores, I believe all starters, but all averaging between nine and 7.4 points. The balance there is that you're not relying just on one player on any given night. Any of those players and even some of the bench players
3: can be your leading scorer or go-to player. You know we love that, and, and that's why we recruit the way we recruit. That's the why we have the system you know kind of developed the way that we do. I don't think it's fun to play on a team where it's just one person all the time and they're a ball magnet. I think it's really important that you share the ball and everyone gets to kind of showcase what they do well. Um, our job, again, is a coaching staff to put players in the position that they can score and then in practices to continue to develop that skill. And I think to your point, that's why as the season goes on, we get better. And the girls thoroughly enjoy playing in the system because they know any given night, they're going to have the ball in their hands and be able to do what they need to do to help us win.
1: You, can, you have Olivia Davies and Kelsey Mai. They both started only one game, and they could easily start every single game. When you have that kind of not only talent off the bench, but the experience factor, I would think you don't really miss much when those players come in. And I know Olivia Davies, her defense really stood out against San Jose State last week as well.
3: You know, agree. And then throw Deja Phillips coming off the bench. And you can have, you know, Ashley Toms that either starts or comes off the bench. And, you know, we do. We have a luxury right now of – being able to work different players in and out of our lineup, um, Olivia brings a sense of calm that I think helps um, Lily at the point. I think it helps, you know, Kelsey at the point. Um, you know, we have really kind of managed her minutes to, to continue to keep her healthy throughout the season. But when you have the luxury of, of, you know, maybe eight to nine kids in on your team that could rotate in and out of your starting lineup or come off the bench, I think it's very difficult to scout us. And you have to remember we've got a couple pretty phenomenal kids sitting on the bench that we're just taking slowly uh, trying to get them healthy, um, you know, if that's to happen this year. So, you know, our depth could be, again, something that's really exciting for us, um, you know, and if they don't return for whatever reason, then what we have is is good enough to, to do well in the Big West and hopefully beyond. I know you can't say
1: too much about that, but when our uh, conference play does start on December 30th at Cal State Fullerton, do you expect the team to be at full strength or closer closer than they've been now?
3: You know, you hope so. Um, and and it's, it's really when it comes down to it, you have to allow players that are, are returning from injury to feel both great physically and mentally. It's something that we won't pressure them. Uh, we don't want anyone to pressure them. This has to be something that they feel confident and want to do. So, of course, you hope for their sake that they get on the court sooner than later, um, but it's nothing that we're going to rush. Um, so as far as going into conference, you know, right now, we're going to go with what we have. Um, for more full strength, that's wonderful. If we're not, we're still very, very confident with what we have.
1: I'm going to get your thoughts on this topic and my way of looking at it. When I look at this team, right now, 3-5, and five, it's not the record you want, but what I say about that, it, not that it doesn't matter, but conference play is what it's all about. You win the Big West, you win those three games in March, you get to go to the NCAA tournament. Based on that, I know you're not looking at these games as not important, of course, because they are as far as getting to your goal, but how big a factor is it in the big picture when you compare the Big West to what your team has played now with these eight games and UCLA coming up next week?
3: well you don't know what you don't know and so you can tell your team hey you know you you won the tournament you're going to the nc2a and this is a monster you've never seen and they're going to look at you kind of cross-eyed i think that playing the stanfords the u dubs and now going into ucla our team will have played the best women's teams in the country, some of them. And so, you know, if we take care of business like we're supposed to and what we want to do when we advance to the NC2A, our kids will know that the the pace, physicality, um, the processing that you have to have mentally in order to beat a team like a UCLA or a Stanford. And so I think that, you know, you have to be careful in that scheduling so that you don't shoot the confidence level. But we do this every year and our kids know that we are gonna have some big time opponents you know, we could get our teeth kicked in. We, you know, we could upset somebody. And so I think they, one, love the experience of going and playing top teams. And, two, there is no shock when you see, to, to go back to last year, the LSUs. I think our team handled that experience very, very well and played LSU very, very well. So a fine balance, a lot of communication, but I think the girls really enjoy playing some of the top teams in the country. Yeah, I know You the know, and you, you,
0: you laugh a little bit because when you talk about – you know, getting your teeth kicked in, I kind of think of Kelsey Mike.
1: <laughs> right? All <laughs> she thing. wants for Christmas. All she wants yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> Great win last week. We want to wish you the best of luck against UCLA. We won't see you in person until the Fullerton game after Christmas on December. Well, that'll be on the road against us on December 30th. Happy holidays to you and your team, and we'll talk soon
3: appreciate happy holidays to everyone
1: as well thank you guys all right thank you so much laura beeman joining us on espn honolulu so a week from thursday against ucla who i believe is number two in the country new polls will come out by tomorrow and then they start conference play on december 30th on the road at fullerton
0: hey a couple of shout outs here uh shout out to our top local finishers in the uh, honolulu marathon uh yesterday uh Kristen imata and zach lee congratulations to the uh, top locals in the race and um you were just mentioning uh, ucla um and uh sidwell friends the team we've been hyping up all week did end up winning the nike iolani classic on the girls side yesterday with a last minute basket last second basket and it was again was it against clovis west or sierra, 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 canyon. Canyon? sierra canyon it was sierra canyon okay against sierra canyon But what a way to finish that. I think a UCLA, because a couple of their players from Sidwell are going to UCLA. So anyway. All right. We'll be back to wrap it all up here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll be right back. Hey, we am talking about the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic today, presented by the Hawaiian Islands. But also, uh, tickets are on sale for the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. This is—you um, mentioned this earlier. Usually, something happens on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or whatever. But this time, let's see—the the the, um, the football game is on the 23rd. So before, it was like, oh, Christmas Eve, it's, uh, I can't make it. I'm busy. 23rd, maybe people are even more busy, though, is what I'm thinking. I'm not sure. But, hey, you know what? It's not on Christmas Eve. Some people celebrate Christmas. You know, you go to the in-laws on Christmas Eve and the other laws on the, uh, you know, Christmas morning or Christmas Day or something. But um, this is a chance that it's not on one of those holidays because I, I consider Christmas Eve a holiday. Yeah. Everyone gets off work early and or doesn't go to work anyway. But 23rd is the day and uh it should be a pretty good football team yeah. i'm going to effort to see if i we i i believe i'm going to effort to see and i don't know what you're doing after the show if we can get chevin cordero uh after practice today kind of interview him and bring him on tomorrow's show um the the media people at san jose state are very very accommodating and very good so we might have that to uh, um you know, for uh, the show tomorrow. Uh, you know, for tomorrow. So we'll wait and see uh, about that. Okay.
1: I think it'll be a good game too. And again, it's on a Saturday, not Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. You see, Chevin Cordero, San Jose State's got a really exciting offense, and Chevin's mm-hmm. obviously the bigger part, a big part of it. But that'll be a great game.
0: All right. Hey, uh, real quick before we go, I want to bring in the general manager of Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack in Ia. Our pal Joe Crockett. Hey, Joe, how's it going?
4: Uh, Aloha, good morning, guys. Life is good.
0: Right on. Hey, you know, we were talking about Christmas and Christmas shopping, today being Manic Monday. It's one of the really big, busy um, online shopping days. And speaking of shopping, we were talking earlier, maybe you heard the commercials about gift certificates, at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. You guys got a special deal going on, huh, Joe?
4: Yeah, we're running a uh, special right now on our gift certificates. Uh, buy f- uh, one hundred dollar in gift certificates and get a twenty five dollar complimentary gift certificate just for yourself.
0: Wow! Or you can just take that extra twenty five and you can give it to somebody else or whatever.
4: Very oh, yeah, good. That, that, that's true. Yeah, you could give them one hundred and twenty five dollars if you wanted to.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you know, if you like them that much. I mean, that's a that's you know pretty. <laughs> Hey, uh, so folks, you just stop by Dixie Grill and uh, just go up to a server or something. Is that how to do it?
4: Yeah, they can just come in and they can uh, go up to the bar and talk to the bartender or grab one of the servers. Or if you see me walking around, I'm six foot eight, got a big long white beard. Grab me; I'll be happy to grab him for you. Yeah,
0: he's skinny Santa Claus. I just thought a six foot eight skinny Santa Claus. Anyway, you can't miss <laughs> Joe. All right, and tell folks about some of the. Uh, Maybe a couple of the favorite dishes that they can uh, purchase with these gift certificates.
4: Well, what you can get here that not a lot of people have, we have our frickles, which is our fried pickles made with our in house made sriracha. We have brisket stuffed potato skins, which are deep-fried potato skins, sautéed brisket, melted cheese, bacon and green onions. Those are amazing. Mm -hmm. And then we have our pilonied shrimp. We have our calamari. And then, of course, we always have all of our smoked meats, our brisket, our pork, our ribs, our andouille, our turkey, that we smoke using local chiave wood. We don't use anything else here but local chiave wood. So we get that nice local flavor in it, too.
0: Yeah, that sounds so good. Uh, folks, open for lunch today. Just my suggestion. Hey, you go doing your Christmas shopping at Pearl Ridge? Stop by right over there, Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. This is, now you see these uh, barbecue. Uh, what do you call these barbecue franchises from the mainland popping up here and there but dixie grill barbecue and crab shack anything but a franchise in fact you got some exciting news about grubhub
4: yeah we do we are, well like you said we're not a franchise we are the og barbecue shock here on the island I've been around 30 plus years and now you can order and get some south in your mouth right at home using the Grubhub app. Log on to Grubhub. We're on there now. You can get the Dixie Grill delivered right to your door.
0: That is absolutely fantastic, Big Joe. Hey, anything else you want to let the folks know? Hey, you know what? Stop by for your NFL Monday Night Football two games tonight so you can catch a couple of games at the same time, right?
4: Yeah, we, uh, we show all the football games here. We got the NFL games on Monday, Thursday, college games on Saturday. You know, we... Run our happy hour during that time. We got you know nine dollar thirty two ounce Bud Light and Stella's. Uh, we got a great happy hour. We got Taco Tuesday where we're just shoving stuff in in, in tortilla shells on Tuesday. <laughs> got a lot of there's a lot of great things going on here. At Dixie Grill just want to let everybody know we're still here. We're not going anywhere.
0: All right, and uh, yeah, you know what? Make it a uh, um, make it a Dixie Grill Christmas. Remember, you get uh, you buy a hundred dollars worth of gift certificates. And uh, they'll give you a free $25 gift certificate on top of that. Stop by Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. If you can't stop by and you want to put a little south in your mouth, because there's always something smoking, then just uh, go to Grubhub and have it delivered. Joe, thank you very much. We appreciate you, brother. Happy holidays. You're
4: You're welcome, guys. Merry Christmas to you. Take
0: care. All right. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's General Manager Joe Crockett at Dixie Grill, Barbecue, and Crab Shack. Love that place. Love, that you know, plenty of parking out there. And just such, you know what, it's the Southern hospitality. There's just a lot of friendly people when you go into Dixie Grill.
1: Brisket, stuffed potato skins, is that what he was saying? That really, um, I I haven't forgotten that from about a minute ago. That sounds really delicious.
0: I made a video a while ago on, uh, I've never had a frickle before. And I tasted it because it's their house-made, Something sriracha sauce or something that they make over there, and it was you. It's basically a deep fried pickle, and I don't know how the breading sticks to the pickle. That's the amazing thing, but it was I, I I it was broke the mouth man. Anyway, check it out. That's all the time we have. We'll see you tomorrow here on ESPN Honolulu.